I am very excited and delighted to tell you that your chronic illness ally is once again enrolling. If you're new around here, your chronic illness ally is the supportive home, the program, the community and the coaching space for you to learn how to reframe the role that your chronic illness plays in your life. It guides you off of that conveyor belt of constantly trying to fix and heal your chronic illness and teaches you how to tap into the wisdom of your body that's being communicated via your chronic illness so that you can channel it, channel that wisdom, channel that intelligence into living the big, beautiful life you dream about. If you enjoy this podcast, you will certainly love your chronic illness ally. There is a link to it in the show notes, but let me tell you, the funnest way to learn more about it is to do my quiz. And once you've done that, pop your email in at the end to learn more. And then sit back as I help you explore your unique support style, which will help you make an informed choice about whether your chronic illness ally is a hell yes fit for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hello and welcome to the Reframing Chronic Illness podcast, the place to listen to, think about and question the common narrative that surrounds what life with a chronic illness should, quote unquote, look like according to the status quo and mainstream society. Moving away from the fix, reject, fight, resist narrative you'll find conversations about how chronic illness can be your guide, ally and superpower. It's my belief that chronic illness serves a purpose. No, not the inexplicable thorn in our sides we've been conditioned to see chronic illness as. (laughs) This podcast and my work as a coach is all about helping you explore that purpose and opening yourself up to the idea that your chronic illness can lead you towards a more joyful, peaceful, healing and fulfilled life. I'm Alana Holloway, chronic illness coach, and now that I'm emerging from my winter hibernation, I've got a few new things to share with you. 
as well as one-to-one coaching and a new freebie, I'll be launching a new program, Your Chronic Illness Ally, soon. You can head over to my website, alanaholloway.com, to add yourself to the interest list and read more about it, or you can click the link in the show notes. Well, hello there. It's been a while since I've recorded a solo episode, um, and I'm choosing to record this on, so far, the windiest day in, I don't know how long, years. Storm Eunice has hit the UK, um, so... I don't know if you'll be able to hear any of the gusts blowing in the background, but hopefully I've cocooned myself well enough um, that the sound quality will be good. Um, so I'm interrupting my current series, um, which is, has you know, I've been able to interview some wonderful, wonderful people um, and I'm not finished yet with that series. I'm really kind of covering all the parts all the different pieces of the puzzle that kind of make up I suppose my philosophy really um but I just wanted to try something new um I'm launching a new thing next week called your chronic illness ally um it's a self-study course well not course really program um course always sounds so formal right (laughs) um it's it's a program that you can kind of do in your own time um on your own but I'm there to kind of really guide you guide you through it and it's all about laying the foundations to be able to see your chronic illness as your ally um and working with all the bits that are so often ignored when we concentrate so much on kind of symptom management and symptom control all the areas of ourselves and our lives that trying to exist with a chronic illness under the rules of society and the status quo, all of those parts that are, you know, affected, such as, you know, the way we think and feel about ourselves and the way we show up in our lives. Um, So over the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be um, popping on here quite a lot, quite frequently, and... I'm going to be really sharing with you what what that program, what your chronic illness ally is about, um, so that you kind of get a really good picture of how it could support you. Um, I think with something like this, it's perhaps quite um, <laughs> out there. I don't know. It, it's it's maybe not what we're used to seeing what we're not what we're used to being even offered or presented with when it comes to how we can live with our chronic illnesses in a more healthy way healthy meaning like actually truly healthy for us not you know just looking at things like diet and exercise which I think have been so have taken over almost what healthy means so much right um so today I'm just going to be sharing with you um actually um some bits of writing that I sent to my newsletter database um last week and this really I think just kicks off how I kind of moved from being so caught up in the kind of physiological manifestation of my chronic illness and moved away from that and into looking at kind of the bigger 
bigger, wider picture. Um, and how, you know, things have changed for me since then, really. Um, this all kind of came, I suppose, to a head, maybe, recently. Um, so last year, I wrote quite a bit about how I hadn't flared in almost 12 months and I wrote about how I was really nervous like even acknowledging that you know just in case I tempted fate it was approaching winter and historically winter equals like prime flaring ground for me um hello to all my atopic skin friends um you know so it makes sense that I would fear my first flare after a long period of remission right you know, I spent close to a decade dipping in and out of flares on such a regular basis, unable to predict when, how or why. I mean, I spent most of my time in flare and actually the the peaks are kind of, you know, when I wasn't in flare, that was just such a like bit of respite from actually what was my, what was quite normal for me. Um, and that, you know, I think we get so caught up in oh well if I was flaring all the time you know what was I doing wrong and I mean that kind of thinking is so destructive and so damaging to us um and yeah this is just so that kind of encompasses actually like so much of the way chronic illness living with chronic illness can bleed out into into other areas of life and the general undercurrent of living with flares just changed the way I live my life and the way I thought and felt about myself. And when they got really bad, because um, they were kind of at a level where I could just about get by, just about get on with life, even though I just felt like I was a shell of myself, you know, I was a bit of a zombie and I just didn't have any like passion or love or enjoyment in life. It was just quite a hard slog. Um, but when they got really bad, like both me and my life would just come to a grinding halt um, and it would be bedridden, housebound, um, you know, and they happened, The you know, the really, really bad ones would happen often around winter. And, you know, so I was approaching the winter we're in and thinking, you know, who was who was to know, despite the shift in my perspective and an almighty reframe around how I view chronic illness and as an extension of that, a completely different way of living with my chronic illness. Would, would I flare in winter? That was a question. But also like, would this, if it did come, would it be just as life halting as the other winter flares that I've experienced? And I started to notice like, you know, it was on my mind, it was playing on my mind and I was thinking so much like what it, about what it would mean, you know, what it would mean about me, what it would be, mean about the work I'm doing, um, what people would think and all of those thoughts started to come back in but not so strongly perhaps as, you know, I've been so used to them appearing and guess what I'm flaring and I mean I don't know if I feel I need to say this but it's you know a very mild flare in comparison um 
And, but the biggest thing about it is that I'm okay. And actually I'm better than okay. And what's interesting is that there was a time when shame would have stopped me from sharing that I was flaring with you. I would have just hidden away, um, retreated, gone offline, stopped, you know, communicating. And I would have felt so ashamed that I was flaring, so disappointed, so um, guilty, so like a failure. And I think, I think that's, that is really normal, unfortunately. It's also really understandable considering kind of the expectations we are trying to live up to. And what's interesting is that I often try to condense into a sentence what I do and why. And every time I get stumped, every time I'm just like, I can't I can't fit it into a sentence. And actually, I was talking about this with Leah in the last podcast episode, you know, the feeling of that I've experienced, the, the feelings that my clients experience is so difficult to to condense into a sentence. And, you know, like, why should we try to condense into such a short sentence? But sometimes that's really, it's really good to add some clarity and it's good to, re, you know, really kind of get get clear on what I do and why. Um, everything that has changed within me and my life and, and as I say, in the lives of my clients, since learning to live with chronic illness as my, as our guide, ally and superpower is just too much to condense into a sentence. You know, I, I am not a marketer's dream at all. <laughs> um, so kind of for the record, like this in part is it. The way that I've felt whilst I've been flaring is so much of, of it. It is so much of what I do and why. Um, Something that I used to hate even the thought of was that living with a chronic illness, whether it's active or in remission, means that there will always be the possibility of a flare. And as I say, I used to completely reject that idea. I, it, it made me like tense up. It, it made me go into this kind of like, no, I'm going to be the one to find the way that that won't, that will no longer be true. You know, I'm going to beat the odds and all of that stuff. But that didn't help me one bit. It, it just kept me in denial. It kept me in non-acceptance. It meant that I couldn't move forward. And my work is about helping and supporting you in accepting and finding peace with the idea of flaring, just as I've been able to. It means I help and support you to live a life that means those flares are way less frequent and severe because, you know, whilst I'm saying, you know, working on the kind of impact chronic illness has on life is so important, it is also really important to minimise flares and minimise um the the very kind of upfront manifestation of your chronic illness you know it's 
it's you have to be comfortable um and but the you know working on all of the the kind of peripheral stuff that isn't quite peripheral but you know let's call it that for, that's how I'm just like envisaging it in my mind's eye it's like this kind of like a ring light you know it's 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 all that stuff that circulates your chronic illness um when you do work on that stuff by kind of default your flares do become less frequent and less severe and that's something that I really go into in your chronic illness ally and help you to kind of understand why that happens and you know I support you in creating a life that allows a flare to come and do its thing and pass on its lesson and deepen the love and understanding you have for yourself and then leave without it stopping you and your life in its tracks. I don't want you to view your flare or flaring as a chink in your armour or as, you know, as I said earlier, as a failure or as something you need to feel guilty over. I want for you to view it as a voice that maybe needed to speak a little bit louder to be heard. You know, and as I'm saying this, it's like I... I know that my chronic illness is my guide and maybe I have tuned out a little recently. You know, I'm not perfect. Um, maybe my chronic illness had something to say that I just wasn't quite listening to or maybe I'd gotten, um, you know, so so used to not flaring. And again, this is something that I talk about quite often, you know, that kind of, it's it's like a balance of, living in a way that doesn't completely disregard your chronic illness but also not allowing your chronic illness to allow you to completely disregard your life it's it's kind of finding that balance between your wants and your needs and not letting your wants completely overshadow your needs and not letting your needs completely overshadow your wants um and you know, to reiterate, I want I want to help you deepen your knowing that flaring doesn't mean you failed or that you've been or that you're even more broken than you thought possible, you know. This whole idea that having a chronic illness means that we're broken and malfunctioning and, you know, need fixing, um makes me sad. I you know, I hate that. And you know, that isn't all of it by far. Um, all that's not all of why I do what I do but as far as kind of relating to flares those are the headlines because when the focus is all on the physiological manifestation of chronic illness you will always be controlled by the ebbs and flows of your chronic illness and you'll always be controlled by your chronic illness and when you work through everything that lies outside of the physiological manifestation, you are more able to continue living and thriving and growing and healing alongside those ebbs and flows. You know, they're allowed to come and go. Going back to the conversation I had with Leah on my podcast, um, when talking to her, actually, she really did help me get some of my feelings into words and some of my beliefs and knowings into words. And she has actually brilliantly expanded on those words over on Instagram this week. And something she said, um, the goal is not to feel good all of the time. 
the goal is to not run away from ourselves when it gets tough. And that landed so much with me. Um, Last year was an extremely tough one on a personal level and my partner sadly spent three months in hospital and has since had a really long and complicated recovery. And yet when the metaphorical bomb went off, I was able to cope far better than I was expecting. It was almost as if like I kept on waiting for for my health to go completely up the spout. And I know, and, and it didn't, which was great. <laughs> um, but I know a part of that was the adrenaline carrying me through. And part of it was kind of channeling all of my feelings into just doing. And, and that was my brain protecting me there. Um, because it was ongoing and it was really scary and you know to kind of get too deeply into thinking my body needed to kind of expel that adrenaline um and so I took to doing a lot of DIY which was great um but a huge part of it was also knowing that I couldn't fix anything and that goes back to this idea that there is nothing to fix about ourselves because in knowing that you can't fix anything and that's not being like oh I can't fix anything I'm doomed for this for the rest of my life. It's saying, actually, no, I don't need fixing. There is nothing to fix. And in believing that, you're able to actually sit with yourself and sit with what's going on with you and let it all be and let it all come out. And although so much of what was going on last year for me, but also, you know, what goes on when we're in flares does feel unsafe, it does feel uncertain, you know, I was able to find safety within myself and and that is so important, that inner safety that I was talking about with Leah last week and finding that inner safety. And that's why that is um, a big, that's um, a big pillar of your chronic illness ally. That's, you know, we'll spend a whole week going into finding safety within yourself and within your environment and creating that safe environment internally and externally. When we relinquish the pressure or the aspiration to feel good all of the time or to fix ourselves into feeling that way, what that means is that we're able to process what's actually going on for us in real time. And we're able to do that because we're able to sit with ourselves, because we're not trying to escape or run away or abandon or distract our minds and our bodies from from ourselves. And what that has meant for me is that the fallout of last year, the kind of aftermath, the knock-on effect to my health has been minimal. As I say, I am flaring, but it's minimal. I have been able to kind of carry on with life and and build some momentum in my life. Almost like, you know, I, I've never been able to before. Um, and I say that, you know, in this past kind of 18 months, two years, there has been this like sense of momentum and sense of being able to build on on my life and not be completely wiped out by a huge flare or completely wiped out by, you know, ever, ever coming flares, by regular flares. You know, remaining subscribed to the ever dangling carrot of like the future possibility of a cure. It was quite funny. I was having my hair cut the other well, the other week, the other day. And I was talking to my hairdresser and um, actually we got onto the topic of chronic illness, shocking. Um, and 
she was talking about how she had a chronic illness and she said, you know, the words, oh, um, you know, until there's a cure or right now there's no cure. Um, and this brings me back actually to an email I sent uh, like last year sometime about that kind of like news you're given when you go to the doctors of there is no cure. And it's like, hey, like I knew that, but why have you just told me that? Because now I feel like something's been taken away from me. I feel you've all, all of a sudden taken away this, you gave me this like possibility maybe, or, or you built me up and took me down in two seconds flat. Um, but going back to my hairdresser, you know, I think so many of us at one stage or currently with chronic illness, you know, hang on to this idea that there might one day be a cure and, you know, or, or there might one day be a drug or a, or a method of living that means that we'll be symptom free. And what that does is it means we are never able to settle, you know, remaining subscribed to that idea that life is only good if you, you know, only would be good if you didn't have your chronic illness. Um, or, you know, oh, if my chronic illness vanished overnight, then, you know, then I could get on with living my life. That harms your ability to feel grounded within yourself and to be, you know, harms your ability to be able to process what is going on for you in real time because you're not with yourself. You've, you've kind of left, you've left your present and you've left, left yourself for the idea that there might be a cure or there might be a day when you don't have your symptoms. It stops you from being able to see the bigger picture of, you know, actually, what can I learn from my chronic illness? What can I learn? How can I kind of live my life in a way that is in partnership with my chronic illness? And it perpetuates the state of being controlled by chronic illness. And, you know, I don't believe in control the other way around either. I really, you know, don't agree or don't believe with kind of the idea of like managing or controlling our chronic illness either um the idea that there's a version of your life where you'll always feel good or when everything will be plain sailing and where you know with the disappearing act of all your symptoms you'll be able to get on with living your life um it needs to be re-evaluated and um kind of you know, notice that it's appeared on the regular because it is a sneaky bugger that will creep into your thoughts. You know, as I say, I'm not perfect. Those thoughts, you know, sometimes creep into my head like, oh, you know, if if this, if I didn't have eczema right now, I'd be able to do that, you know. And then I kind of check myself because I'm like, actually, what is stopping me from doing that thing? Is it the way I feel about myself when I've got eczema? you know, present active eczema? Is it the way I think other people will think about me when I've got that? Is that actually stopping me from doing it? Or is it, do I need to look at my, you know, at where my self-worth and self-esteem is at? Do I need to look at where my self-belief is at? As a community, we are tricked into thinking there's truth in this idea that, that you know, all will, all will be good if we didn't have symptoms, all would be good if you know, there was a cure because of what we see in mainstream media. You know, the adverts promoting that we can magic all away that irks us with pills and potions and things that cover us up and suck us in. You know, I'm tired of seeing these adverts of, oh, you can just, you know, wash away your wrinkles with this or you can, 
you know, dye your greys away or you can wear, I saw an advert for a corset the other day. I mean, like what? It was like a corset on leggings and I just didn't know what century we were living in anymore. Um, You know, but we also believe in this idea because of the people with influence promoting this happy, smiley, sunshine filled life, you know, and only sharing these real talk moments when it's trending, you know, only sharing their vulnerability because it's trending. And I mean, it's probably not the only reason, but, you know, other than that, you know, their life is this filtered, smooth, sunshiny, glittery, shiny life, you know, and, and they got there because they followed a set of steps that meant that their symptoms disappeared or whatever. And all of that reinforces the belief that you are only worthy when dot, dot, dot. And it makes you believe that you're, that when, you know, is the goal. That when is the goal, because when that happens, you'll be worthy. That's bullshit. Because surrendering to the idea that no, your goal isn't to cure yourself and heal yourself to within an inch of your life. You know, this idea that we're like this engine that we can take apart and clean and fix each part and then we can put ourselves back together and then we'll be running smoothly again. Ignores all the stuff that A, clogged the engine up in the first place and B, keeps the engine clogged. You know, we can't just think that we're this engine that can be fixed, this machine, this robot that can be fixed. You know, surrendering to the idea that you know, you can't do that and and that's not your goal. And your goal isn't even to become symptom-free. It creates so much freedom and space within you and within your life. It creates the space for you to give yourself a big hug and show yourself some love and compassion and understanding and and really grow from that. And if you decided that from today onwards, you would divert your focus away from healing the physiological manifestation of your chronic illness and divert your attention away from healing your symptoms or or even letting your symptoms kind of be the, the biggest thing in your in your mind. And instead you concentrated on Firstly, as I say, giving yourself that great big hug and then connecting with the belief that you, as you are, even if your symptoms are top level right now, you are worthy of your presence, of your love, of your acceptance and of your trust. If you believed all of that were true, what would tomorrow look like? Just think about that. And feel into it and close your eyes and just take a moment and and really believe that. As I say, over the next couple of weeks, I am going to be giving you a feel of how your chronic illness ally could support you. And if it's something you might already be interested in, you can visit my website um, and... I forget the link, but I'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> um, and you can be taken to a place where you can add yourself to the interest list. Um, and you'll be the first to know 
when it goes live and you'll also get um, early access to the couple of VIP spots that will be available. Take care today and I hope if you are in the UK you've managed to stay out of the wind. Lots of love. Whilst you're here I'd love for you to take a minute to rate, review and share this podcast. As you've probably guessed by my ramblings, this way of thinking about chronic illness isn't the norm, but I want it to be. I want more people to be freed from the chronic illness struggle, and the way we make that happen is by sharing something the algorithm, which is dictated by rates and reviews, is fantastic at doing. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Bringing on board the right kind of support can be the missing piece of the puzzle that so many of us don't realise we actually need. What would you do if you had the most epic support squad by your side? What would that unleash in you and what would it make possible for you in your life? If you're wondering how to start figuring that out, if you've got no idea where to start, I've got the perfect thing for you. My quiz, are you more Michelle, Gaga or Mindy? And what would their support squad unleash in you is now live. You can find the link to it in the show notes and in the bio. Don't wait another moment. Hop on over to the quiz to find out who you're channeling now.